Okay, good morning everyone. Um, last Sunday I was in Higher Blakely um, with the new site that we planted out around about, how long ago was that Higher Blakely? Around about 10, 10 weeks or so ago, Higher Blakely. I come back uh, this week and I see there's even more people got another site gone. <laughs> Perhaps I should go more often. To, uh, but, but two weeks ago I was... Um, with the church in Saint-Tropez, which we've been supporting as, a, as, as King's Church generally. We've been supporting that. Just fantastic to share time with them. Uh, and they're, because we've sort of helped them right from the very start, they're really asking if they too can be a site of Man- King's Church Manchester. We said, well, no, because you don't live in Manchester, guys. You're in <laughs> France. But they, they do send their love and they're really, really grateful for the support that we have given both spiritual and financial support that we've given to help them get started in Saint-Tropez. I know it sounds exotic. Listen, I spent 10 years in Democratic Republic of Congo, poorest nation on earth, so I'm not taking any criticism now for going to Saint-Tropez. All right? And, and they, but they are really great. It's a spiritually dark area, far darker in actual fact than Congo in terms of the number of people who are believers and loving the Lord. So do continue to pray for them. Uh, but it's just good to see the things that are happening there. Uh, I got to miss last week. Kofo was the one who was blessed to be able to announce to you the wonderful news. But I'm going to announce it again just because I, I, I'm so excited about it. The King's Church football team won the league. <laughs> We've we've been with them, cried with them, seen people injured, broke on crutches, healed and everything and broken nose. And we've seen all that, but it's all been worth it. They won the league. So we're really proud of that. So that, so that, so, so, so we, we, you know, this is, this is great. We love church unity and cooperating with churches apart from on the football field. We love churches all the time. Other churches too. It's good, isn't it? Um, just to say as well, Daniel and Rosie aren't here. They haven't gone to Withenshaw, in case you're wondering. They're actually on holiday this week, but they send their love to you all as well. And uh, it's just good to be together. Philip and myself will actually be on holiday next week in Oxford, which is <laughs> not a long journey, but it's good. Um, hey, um, this last Wednesday uh, was my son who's here back from university in Loughborough, his 23rd birthday, on Wednesday it was, Wednesday it was, his birthday. And Philip and myself, we talked about what could we give him, thought about it, thought, should we give him again a new shirt which he'll put in the cupboard, wear once and it'll stay in the cupboard, should we get him a, a DVD, he'll watch it once, put it in the cupboard. I thought, then we had a brilliant idea, thought, let's give him not something that he'll use once and then put in a cupboard, Let's, let's give him, not a thing, let's buy him an experience. So we bought him a voucher, a ticket, for that he can cash in at any time, a ticket for a wonderful experience. He can go to a racetrack and drive not one, not two, not three, but four different supercars Three miles a time, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, whatever. He can have, he, he is so, so excited, so pleased. We have bought him an experience. Now, I love my son very much, and I buy good gifts for him, especially when the rest of the family chip in. <laughs> um, but but I, 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 I do that. And do you know what? I want to tell us today, 
this is really, and it's in line with lots of the prophetic word that's been, been coming in. And, but I want us to understand today that we have, uh, just as we were singing in that last song, that we have a very good heavenly father who wants to give us wonderful gifts. <laughs> and Jesus once said this, because what sort of gifts does our heavenly, Jesus once said this to the Pharisees and, and, and teachers of the law in Luke eleven thirteen. he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Spirit, this wonderful person who is God as much as Jesus is God, who is God as much as the Father, God the Father is God, who is a member of the Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. God himself says, I'll give you a wonderful gift. I'm going to give you an experience. And my desire for us this morning is that together we look into the word and we learn what it is to experience the person of God in our lives. That we don't just look to God for things, healing as wonderful as we've been celebrating healing is, but we look to God for a continual experience of his presence and power in our lives. So I want to say to you, do you believe this morning that your heavenly father is good? You've been singing it, you're a good, good father. And he gives good gifts to his children and he gives us all who are here today, he gives us all the person of God, the Holy Spirit in our lives. You say, what are you on about, Dave? What, what, you know, if God isn't giving you things, he's giving you an experience that stays with you once you've received this experience. This experience is continual and we can experience it more and more as we appreciate what God has given us. You see, Peter wrote a letter to new believers in the, in the first century and he explains it better than me. He says this in 2 Peter 1. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Peter 1, verse 1. And I'm reading from the message, mind you, so you'll follow, uh, paraphrase, uh, but you, you can follow in your Bible. He says this, I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours, all due to our God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you, listen to this, as grace and peace to you as you deepen your, in your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. So he talks about an experience of God, of experiencing God in our lives that we can deepen. At his end, we read about God, the Holy Spirit. We read about that, that God gives, that Jesus is the one, it says in John, John 3, 34, Jesus is the one who gives the Spirit without measure. That's how he gives, there's no measure, there's no limit to the amount of God that you can experience in your life. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that says, I can't really experience God because of this, because of that. There is no limit to how much of God you can experience in your Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and so on. There is no limit to the amount of God. I don't care how long, I don't care if you've been a Christian as long as Joseph Whiteman. You can experience, you can continue to deepen your experience with God. I want to prophesy that to you, Joseph, this morning, that your days are not over, that God says to you this morning that you can deepen your experience of God. 
I want to say it to the person here who's perhaps not yet become a Christian, not yet, or perhaps been a Christian only a few weeks. I want to say to you, you can deepen your experience of God in your life. You never get to the point where you say, that's it, I know all there is to know about God. No, you can experience Him more and more. See, there's no limit from his end, from our end. All we have to do is, 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 is not make sure that we don't set limits on what, how much God we have in our lives. See, all measurements in the kingdom of God ex- exist so that we can pursue increase. Um, grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen your experience with God and Jesus, our master. Everything Verse 3, 2 Peter 1, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately uh, the one who, got, who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. We were also given, absolutely, Peter's writing, absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you What's he been given? Terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to, listen to this, your tickets to participation in the life of God. Wow. <laughs> Not tickets to driving some cars around a racetrack for an hour. Your tickets to participation in the life of God. Get this, being a follower of Jesus is not about coming to church meetings and serving on a rotor and going to a connect group. It's far, far more than that. Being a believer is about participating in the very life of God. It's more than you thought it was. Uh, See, your heavenly father, what does he give you? The promises of God in this Bible. You've already got your tickets. They're in this Bible. Your promises of God in the Bible are there. They're tickets to experience what God gives. And God, it isn't about more money, bigger houses, jobs, marriage, partners, children, whatever. He gives more, something more wonderful than any of those things. How would you like to keep your own personality and participate as you in the life of God. That's the invitation that you have right here. It's possible. Join in the righteousness of God. Join in the peace of God. Join in the joy of God. Join in the love of God. Join in the power of God. To have God in you and for you to be found in Him and to know that God is all over you, that God is in you, that you're, you're joined with Him, that you're participating in the life of God. Not on special occasions, but all the time. Your life can be known as someone who lives in the presence presence of God who lives continually with God upon him or her. You see, I look at my natural children, all three of them, my daughter-in-law as well, and I look at every one of you here this morning and I ask myself, you know, what is the best present I could ever give you? Uh, It's not a ticket to drive fast cars, as nice as that might be for a few minutes. I join this morning, I join Peter in the word of God and I say, we, you know, this church leader from 2,000 years ago who wrote to the, the, the members of the churches at that time, I join him and I say to you as a, as, a, as a leader in the church, I say to you, we were also given absolutely 
terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God. I want to pass on to you terrific promises so that you can participate in the life of God. Every time I preach, every time I talk to you, I want to be somebody who's known as passing on to you terrific promises so that you can participate so that you have an experience. This is better than any virgin experience you get off the internet. This is experience in the life of God. This is what you were made for. You were made for this. Uh, Now, Peter, listen, is this Bible true or not? Either Peter is misleading us all and the Bible is full of lies or we really have something here to pass on to you for us all to experience together sharing the life of God. So let's try our best to understand in in the next 15 minutes or so uh, what it is and understand with our minds but let it go from our minds 18 inches deeper into our hearts so we get it really deep into us. What is it to mean? What does it mean to share the life of God? How do we share the life of God? How do these promises work so that we can share the life of God? That none of us have to be on our own, whether we're married, whether we're single, whether we're young, whether we're old, whatever stage of life we're at, whether we're unemployed, got a good job, whatever stage of life, we don't have to be on our own. We can share the life of God 24-7. So how do we do it? How do we get this experience? Well, first of all, it's through the promises of God, through the promises of God. It's good to show faithfulness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Um, you know, some of you here are very, very reliable. And, uh, uh, and some of you here are fairly reliable. <laughs> um, but faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, churches up and down this nation work because of people who show the fruit of the Spirit faithfulness. So when you're down to do kids' work, you turn up and do it. <laughs> when you're down to do stewarding, you turn up and do it. You come on to It's faithfulness. It's reliability. It's fantastic. And I believe we're all reliable. It's, we have very reliable people. There's people that I could name that we just depend upon so much for, for the whole church, for a Sunday meeting to function, for things to happen. You know, some people you can say, are you going to do it? They say they're going to do it. You don't worry about it anymore. You know it's going to be done. Fantastic fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. There are many faithful husbands in this, in this meeting today and, and how wonderful it is within a Christian marriage where there's a faithful husband who doesn't go wandering off after other women. What, how, how beautiful it is to think that for a wife to know that her husband is faithful. For a wife to know that her husband doesn't go on the internet and look at pornography because he's faithful to her. He's not having sex with another woman in his own imagination, in his own mind. He's faithful. There's faithfulness. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Peter tells us we can participate in the life of God through the promises of Dave? No. Through the promises of the person sitting next to you? No. As faithful as you might think he or she is, there is no one as faithful as God. 
because he is totally 100% reliable. His promises are true. He keeps his word all the time. When we talk about tickets to participation in the life of God based on his promises, we're talking reliability when we talk about the promises of God. See, Pete Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, the amen is spoken to us. I want to challenge you. You know, God keeps his promises. His promises are the words that he gives us. You know, Jesus said, man won't live by bread alone, but by every proceeding word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is the word you're living by today? What is the word that God has spoken into your heart? That's how you participate in the life of God. When you know, I know today that God has said this to me. You're living by the proceeding word, not something he said to you many years ago and you've forgotten about, but something that's alive and burning in your heart the preceding word not the preceding word Uh, see when God speaks things happen God's word is so sure when God speaks the word of God is it is actually the spirit of God Jesus says in John 6 to 63 the word of God affects something from heaven affects this created order you know God speaks and worlds are created God speaks and healing is released. We've heard about that this morning. And uh, yeah, God speaks and jobs are created. God speaks and political worlds experience revolution. Communism can fall when God speaks. Militant religious fanaticism can fall when God speaks. God speaks and economies change. God speaks and resurrection life is released. God speaks and new hearts can be formed. God speaks and sinful habits can be broken as you embrace that word into your heart. God speaks his word from another dimension, from the invisible dimension of heaven that's unseen amongst us living in this world. But heaven comes to earth as we receive that spoken word of God that we don't hear with our natural ears, but with the ears of our inner being, of our spirit, of that non-material part of us, we hear his word, we embrace his word, and it becomes something to us. So to participate in the life of God, we receive all his promises and we say they're yes and amen. The promises of God can come to us through through, uh, spirit-filled believers who bring to us prophetic word. It's great to encourage one another and to bring prophetic word, word that we believe God is speaking based on the written word of God and words of encouragement. God can speak to us through that. I remember it was around about 10 years ago a whole pile of people bringing me prophetic word that I would be involved in, 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 in planting, uh, in helping to get a church started in France. That was 10 years ago. And um, around about two and a half years ago, with Richard and Philippa and, and Judith and some of the others, Koffer was there as well, and Gavin, we were just together just looking, talking about prophetic word that we'd had that we hadn't been fulfilled. And Richard it was, says, Dave, what about all this word that you had about doing something in France? I said, oh, well, that's a long time ago. I don't think that was necessarily God because I went to Congo that's a French speaking country that's the person got mixed up 
And Richard says, well, why don't you put out a fleece? And say, fleece, that's for people that don't believe, isn't it? You know, like no faith. If it's Gideon, you've got to put out a fleece. He says, put out a fleece and see what happens. Let's test God in this and see. I thought, well, this doesn't sound theologically correct, all this. But anyway, as he said it, so my phone vibrated in my pocket. When I looked, I got out that meeting. This was two and a half years ago. Got out that meeting. There was a message from someone who'd been in 2007, had been a student in this church, Samuel Barbu. He'd said he'd spoken to me a few times. To be honest, I couldn't remember speaking to him when he first said it. But he, he said, with, with my wife and, and, and another couple now, we're looking to plant a church in Saint-Tropez that we'd love to see as a bilingual church. Would King's Church be willing to help? I thought, testing, this is surely God speaking. <laughs> Result, fruit of it in an area, in a whole area for, 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 for miles and miles and miles around. No church. Today there's a church of people there, spirit-filled believers, 50, 60 people that wasn't there two and a half years ago. Do you understand God speaks? And he can speak through believers. Um, prophecy, by the way, let me say this. Prophecy is a supplement to the written word. It's not a replacement for it. We still go into the written word of God. And any prophetic word that you receive has to be in line with the written word of God. Talk about that more another time. But that word can be and, and is definitely to us promises written in the Bible. 2 Peter 1 verse 4, what did he say? Given them to us, these promises, so that we participate in the divine nature. So we can say, well, how can I participate in the divine nature? How can I be part of what God is doing? No, but God is in me and I'm found in God. Well, start reading your Bible and getting promises. Promises like 1 John 4, 17, where John writes to the believers there. He says, as he, talking about Jesus, as he is, so also are we in this world. What's he saying? He's saying Jesus is an example you know, for us to follow. He's an example of who we really are. That when Jesus died at the cross and said it's finished, all the work was done. All we have to do is to be changed, not by trying harder, but transformed by renewing our mind and coming into line with the promise of God. You embrace that promise. Wow, I'm just like Jesus. It's my real identity. I am a child of God. I'm not trying to become like him. Why would I strive and work at that as if I could do that? It's what he's done in me. Therefore, I'm like him. Paul writes, Paul writes another apostle in the New Testament. He writes to the, to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2.16 and says to them this, he says, you have, he doesn't say try and get, he says, you have the mind of Christ. That you can think like Jesus, just as Jesus think, thought. That he writes to the Colossians in Colossians 2 verse 10, we are complete in him. There's nothing wrong with any of us in this room apart from we need to, our minds need to catch up with what God has already done for us, which we'll be celebrating at Easter in dying, rising again from the dead, ascending to heaven and pouring out the person and power of God, the Holy Spirit. These are wonderful truths. You know, he's promised us his presence that we're united with him. Romans chapter six talks about water baptism. And we're going to baptise Gemma later on after this, after this preach. But water baptism, it's all about being identified with Christ, that we're buried with him in the waters. We're raised to new life with him in the, coming up out of those waters and his life remains in us. So much so that Paul writes in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, and so... Take time, pause, read the promises of God that God has given you in his written word, the Bible, memorize them, make them part of you. Make them not just general words in the Bible to whoever picks up a book, but say, these are the promises that God has given to me personally. Make them yours. 
You know, it's 500 years since Martin Luther wrote out his 95 theses and whether he pinned them up on the door, who knows. But, but it's, you know, he was somebody who, who, who campaigned and, and changed history because he, at the time when the, the Roman Catholic Church was so corrupt, he stood out for the priesthood of all believers that there's absolute equality before God of everyone. You, I just want to say this. Whoever you are, don't start thinking, well, life participating in the life of God's not for me. It's for the people who are full-time church leaders or it's for people who've known him for ages. It's for every single one of us here today. The priesthood of all believers, every single one of us has a right because of what Jesus has done, because of the promises he's given us to participate in the life of God. See, learn them, get them into your, your word I've hid in my heart, Psalm 119, 111. Hide them in your heart, get them on your lips as well, Romans 10 verse 8. Yeah, you know, the word is near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. Mumble them, Psalm 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Just speak and mumble when you're on your own. Mumble it. Participate in the life of God through the promises of God. Participate in the life of God through worship. Worship is the atmosphere that God is in. When we participate in his life as we value worship more and more. What we value creates a culture around us and in our own lives. If during a, you know, a worship time together here, uh, 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 you know, whenever we gather and I'm on my phone, I'm checking my Facebook status, I'm checking football scores, I'm saying something about how much I value worship. But when I'm here and I'm saying, you know what, I, I don't care what's going on around me, this is me and God. I want you to know, Lord God, that I love you and I'm giving you everything. I'm bringing you my praise. I'm bring, you do something, you begin to value worship and you create an atmosphere around your own life where worship becomes something of heaven that you feel here on earth. Uh, you know, you know, Revelation 4, they, there's, there's four living creatures. They sing in, they're saying all the time, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The 24 elders, worthy are you, Lord, our God, to receive glory and honour and power. Revelation 5, many angels numbering myriads and myriads, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, turn the PA up. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive blessing and glory and honour and praise and thanks. Just a glimpse from Revelation of what the atmosphere is like in heaven. God is surrounded by worship. I participate in his life when I start to worship. There is no limit to how much you worship him. Uh, you know, just, I, I, I love it when we just, uh, in the home, we, we, we've bought some sonar speakers and we can just, just put on in different rooms, just worship throughout the house. Fantastic atmosphere it can generate. Driving in the car, just putting on worship music as you drive in the car. Just, just think, well, Lord, you know, we're so blessed. You know, if, if English is, your, there's so much language. And even if you're not, I know the French brothers and sisters play English, uh, you know, worship songs. It's just great to have that atmosphere in our homes, in our lives, that we can bring a song of worship at any time. Why not try singing your own song sometimes? I do it, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. I don't do it and come and grab a microphone at the front. I wouldn't inflict that on you. But you know what? When I sing my own worship songs, when I'm in the car, when I'm alone in the house, when I sing my own worship songs, heaven hears. And I join in that atmosphere. Try it. If you've never tried it, try it. You'd be surprised. Uh, 
God gives us the gift of speaking in tongues and singing in tongues. Try doing that sometimes. When you, when you don't have to worry about, is, is this rhyming or not? Or, you know, is the lyrics fitting in? And just by the Spirit, you begin to speak in a language that you've never learned, a heavenly language or an earthly language. Who cares? You just set free from the constraints of your mind to worship Him. Beautiful experience to have. Through the fellowship of the saints, we can, we can experience just what it is by assembling together, by participating in the life of God. When Christ is in you, I can experience something of his life by being with you. It's why it's so important. Let's not give up, as it says in Hebrews 11. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's not miss Sundays. Let's, I'm in Oxford next week. But, but, but let's, let's make it, you know, the norm that we're just here. We're just enjoying one another's company. That we, Yeah, we do do connect. We do do deeper. We, we come to things where we know there's brothers and sisters because we love the life of God that we see in one another. You do me good. Uh, and finally, just let's participate in the life of God through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Um, through sharing a life. When you become a Christian, Romans 8 verse 9 tells us that you're not a Christian if the Holy Spirit isn't living in you. I'm not talking about being baptized in the Spirit. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about just confessing Jesus as Lord. The moment you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you are born, you, you, you receive new life. You become a Christian and God the Holy Spirit takes up residence inside you because that's the whole point of confessing him as Lord. You're in line with his way, his will, and you can now experience not a power, not a force, not an it, but a person living in you who'll never, ever leave you. Um, John 14, Jesus says, verse 16, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Paul writes 2 Corinthians 13, 14, that you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowship, friendship, talking to, knowing God the Holy Spirit as the person who brings to you because Jesus has gone bodily formed, sat at the right hand of his Father, still keeps his human body. And, 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 and so it's not Jesus, he, the Holy Spirit invisible brings to us all the presence of God the Father, brings to us all the presence of Jesus because all of God does all all that God does and we can know this person of the Holy Spirit as our best friend the person who when we wake up we can say good morning Holy Spirit because he's always within us never leaves us we can know this person um, when Jesus uh, was baptized John writes this he, he said I saw the spirit descend on him from heaven like a dove and it remained on him uh, like it of it's a picture it's symbolic it's not a real dove coming on him but you know when I was young when I was a, a, a young boy I, I had a budgerigar that I could walk out outside with and it would rest on my shoulder <laughs> I could walk out in the open air in the garden walk along with this budgerigar on my shoulder uh, and it was there if I started to run or do anything jerky it would suddenly fly away <laughs> uh, and when I wanted to and it would come back again but when I wanted to keep it on me, I'd just walk really slowly with the budgerigar on my shoulder all the time. Uh, you know, I want to say to you, the Holy Spirit sometimes is not just in us, but upon us and is on us like a dove. And you imagine you've got a dove or a bird on your shoulder. You're going to walk very carefully. You're going to walk sensitively to honoring 
the presence of the one who is upon you. You're going to be careful about what you do, the way you walk, because you say, I don't want to lose that presence, that felt presence of God the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I believe there are, there are many of us, and I include myself, we sometimes feel the Holy Spirit and then we wander away and it's as if we're ignoring, we're not honouring the presence of God, the Holy Spirit upon us, and we wonder why we don't feel his presence in the same way. I want to say, let's be a people. Let's be a people who honour the presence, who appreciate the presence of the Holy Spirit that's within us. That when nobody's looking, when there aren't any great decisions to be made, when it's just the Holy Spirit and me in a room, uh, that, that's, that's where we learn what it is to live in his presence. Uh, that's where it's, we learn what his heartbeat is to us. That's where you learn who the Holy Spirit is. That's when you learn to take in supernatural words that can't be heard with natural ears. It's in the moments when nobody's watching, when nobody's rating how well you're doing. That's the time when you learn the most about living life in the Holy Spirit. You know, the whole kingdom of God is based upon this principle. It's the faithful use of what you have been given is what qualifies you for more. It's the faithful use of what you've been given is what qualifies you for more. And so, you know, you have been given. If you've confessed Jesus as Lord and, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you have been given the Holy Spirit. How much faithful honouring of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, of his power and life in you is what's going to qualify you for that greater sense, that greater knowledge of participation in the life of God. For some of us here this morning, it might be that you hear those words of Peter participating in the divine nature and it seems all too much. How on earth can I do it? Begin to appreciate and realise what you already have, that you have been given God, the Holy Spirit, and you can grow in your knowledge, in your awareness of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Amen.